Are you the guys on the beach who hate everything? What was that from? <laughs> I think last week when we were talking about Saturday Night Live, I don't think it made the final cut. Uh, another throwback to fucking Pink Floyd. Hold on to that dream. We talked about SNL movies, and one of them was It's Pat. Oh, man, come on. Why do you gotta bring that back into people's psyche? <laughs> well, the thing about It's Pat, it permeated pop culture so much. I don't even think anyone in 2020, they're not reminiscing about the band Ugly Kid Joe. The guys who did uh, um, the Cats in the Cradle They did the remake. Cats in the Cradle cover, exactly. That's probably the one most people know. Where it's just like the only thing that sounds like they just added reverb to it, you know? like They also did another song called Everything About You. And uh, the whole song is, you know, singing about these things this guy hates about his girlfriend. And then, then the chorus is like, I hate everything about you. Anyway, it was in the Wayne's World soundtrack. Wait, is it the I hate everything? Is it that guy? No, no. Uh, but it, I was gonna say it's like it's the exact same lyrics. Wait, <laughs> I thought you were about to hit me with a stunner. I was like, well, I'm learning a lot about these new metal songs, man. <laughs> I learned a lot this week. <laughs> a bit older. Uh, it, it predates the. I was about to say the angry white boy just mad over nothing. It seems oh, early 2000s. We'll fucking get into yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, what's so great about Ugly Kid Joe was that they, not once but twice, um, they had a video for a song called Neighbor, and in that video they were a loud rock band that annoyed the families in suburbia. Uh, one of the families and people living on the block just happened to be Pat from It's Pat, and uh, uh, they're and they're sitting in like their house like uh the noise is so loud and what's great in quotes on the record version of the song everything about you uh because the music video for the song is them uh performing the song on a beach it actually has a clip of the actress who played pat their song is inextricably tied to that very awkward idea of a character yeah but in a movie based on another SNL property. It's weird. But beyond that, talking about Saturday Night Live real quick, I wanted to talk about a movie I saw. What did you see, man? I don't watch a whole lot of movies. Like, my attention span kind of sucks these days. There's a lot of movies I want to see. Like, we've even talked about it on the show. Like, we talked about uh, Sorry to Bother You and all these movies. Great, great movies that I wanted to see, just never took the time to see. However, it is... Spooky season. So, I felt like watching some horror movies, alright? And we've talked about horror movies on the show before, too, so this isn't a foreign topic. I watched Hubie Halloween. What? Hubie Halloween's the new horror comedy starring Adam Sandler. And oh, no. it's oh, a no. film in which Adam Sandler <laughs> plays oh, a character named Hubie, who oh, is not only happening? obsessed with Halloween, but is also <laughs> obsessed with protecting his uh, the citizens of the town he lives in, which just oh. happens to be Salem, Massachusetts. Go figure. Mm, no, no. Okay. And what happens is essentially a not great, but watchable movie. If that makes any mm -hmm. sense, like, you could definitely put it on. Don't do this. Don't get suckered into Adam Sandler's insanity. He's... <laughs> it's, it's what's gonna fund his next crazy uh, uh, Twins 3 nonsense he wants to fund. 
don't do it. <laughs> the next thing where he's just going to go to Honolulu and pretend he's making a movie. Don't do it. <laughs> Film a fucking movie on a cruise ship if the yeah, cruise ship industry survives COVID-19, which I doubt it will. Um, the thing is, I used to really like Adam Sandler movies growing up in the 90s, like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer, all of those. I was with them all the way up to, not even going to lie, all the way up to the Jack Nicholson picture. Wow, Not see, even I haven't even lie. seen that. Yeah, yeah, I was watching that one. when I And I remember it being, like, a quotable around my school. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, like a wildebeest. I remember people making that joke. You know what I'm saying? Making that reference. That yeah. doesn't resonate with me at all. Up until that point... You, you don't want to know. <laughs> I, I would say, for the longest time, the most recent... <laughs> I think I dropped off at Mr. Deeds. I watched that and I was like, eh, I remember Mr. Deeds. That was okay. Yeah, that, that was the one where it's like, you really just have to like him, the personality of him being, he's just such a swell, nice guy and Adam Sandler can't be depicted as bad in any way, you know, like that type of guy. At least not bad in any way that can't like immediately be redeemable. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> So then for the longest time, I just didn't watch an Adam Sandler movie, not until I saw the movie Fifty First Dates on a date in the theater. Yeah, and that I remember, did we talk about that or was just like we I wanted have. to see that one purely because it's like how the hell are you going to end this and then getting to the end of being like yeah no you did not stick that landing that was an awkward fucking ending bro yeah it really was uh, <laughs> I don't know if I recommend people watch that for themselves but since then I haven't seen an Adam Sandler movie so I haven't seen Jack and Jill I didn't watch no I, yeah I was out of there I was out of there you couldn't even get me back with Spanglish. I'm sorry. It, it I didn't see late. Spanglish. I didn't see Punch Drunk Love. I didn't see mm. Eight Crazy Nights. None of those. I didn't see any of them. I saw Eight Crazy Nights, though. It's by the same company, uh, the same animation company that made The Iron Giant. Ain't that a bitch? Oh, shit. Yeah, I could see that. The animation style is very similar. It's just like, we needed to, we want to make good movies, and you can't get the funding for Iron Giant unless you make uh, this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, a bunch of fucking deer shitting in frozen ice or whatever the fuck. Ah, hysterical. So, Hubie Halloween, A, not as bad as I thought it was going to be, and also, not nearly as problematic as I thought it was going to be, because that that's another thing. Oh, oh no Rob Schneider in a uh, brown face or some shit? <laughs> no, no. I forgot the movie uh, Ridiculous Six, the movie that actually had um, Native Americans walking off set because it was so offensive. Adam Sandler had to complete his offending everybody, uh, you know, pack there. But like, who haven't I offended yet? Whoa! I'm out of Sandler! And that was a Netflix film, so maybe Netflix was like, hey, we're not going to make another movie with you. You like my, you like my impression there? <laughs> I loved it. Uh, we're not going to do another one like that, so this one has to be a bit more, you know, to the books. So, mm-hmm. it, the only thing that's that could potentially be, or we were worried it might be offensive was we thought there was going to be a transphobic joke in it, but I don't even think it was a transphobic joke. I, it's weird. You'd, you'd have to see it. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Rob Schneider is in it, but a very minimal amount. Um, not in a completely offensive character. They could have done a lot of wrong things, and they decided not to. They showed restraint, so I gotta give them to him there. However, I would be remiss to not point out that it is basically an earnest, scared, stupid knockoff. Uh, okay, there it is. <laughs> that's, that's the problem, man. If you grew up in the 90s and you were an Ernest fan like I was and you saw all those movies in the early 90s. Oh, me too, bro. I saw those movies too, yo. Yeah. My mom would rent them at the Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> By no stretch is Ernest Scared Stupid a flawless movie either. No, it's probably no, one what? of the best Ernest films, <laughs> but that's a pretty low bar if I'm being honest. It's like, look, you can't get the Jim Carrey movie, you know, this month. So, hey, here's Jim Varney. You know what I mean? You got another rubber face white guy doing impressions, exactly. doing voices. It's basically the same. Uh, it's it's a southern cousin, basically, you know. So I even thought that Hocus Pocus, and this might be a controversial statement, that Hocus Pocus kind of ripped off a little bit from its predecessor, Ernest Scared Stupid. Maybe not directly, but it has a lot of the same uh, plot notes. Is there stuff in Ernest Scared Stupid about, like, uh, the fucking virgin needing to be sacrificed? And then the movie making a weirdly big deal about it for being a Disney movie? (laughs) Yeah. And see, in this one, it's only implied that Hubie is a virgin, but it's not a plot point. People were speculating that when Adam Sandler said, if Uncut Gems doesn't win an Oscar, I'm going to make the worst movie ever made. Spoiler alert, this ain't it. So. Either Adam Sandler tried to make the worst movie ever and couldn't, or we've still got that coming down the line. So keep your eyes open for the next Adam Sandler film, because this one's not terrible. I don't know what I would give it number-wise out of a ten. Maybe a four? Five? Maybe? But something else we wanted to talk about was... This developing story, and it's a bit old news by this point, but we haven't talked about it. The gentleman who went viral on TikTok skateboarding. Yeah, really, like, sweet. I was just like, I, I didn't know about this when you sent me the story, so I was like, oh, oh, oh. He's on a skateboard drinking some ocean spray cranberry juice, uh, lip syncing to the song Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. song. And the reason we're talking about it now is because... Because of the meme, Dreams is back in the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, and it chartered, it's chartered above franchise currently. <laughs> Which I was like, wait, because when I scrolled down the list, I was just like, oh, this song was like number one last week. And it, wait, it's already below this song that like came out like at least 30 years ago. What the hell's going on? <laughs> it's like, damn, dude. <laughs> I think that in itself is enough reason why we should never really devote too much time to Travis Scott unless it's an album review. Because these <laughs> fucking singles, it was basically like fucking trolls where it became number one for some reason. And then it was just fucking gone. And now it's like, it has that status so we can claim that, but it doesn't really have like, <sighs> you know what I mean? Like the full heft of like, oh, fucking a Mariah Carey single that was like number one for like months. You know what I mean? Like we got highest in the room that did the exact same thing. Oh, he's gaming the system. He's definitely, I mean, it, I remember reading before about how he was like, somehow him selling merchandise was like counting as, sell, as selling albums and stuff like that. It's just like, because Nicki Minaj got mad at him for doing that, and but she was planning on doing it too. Remember there was a whole thing that was just like, okay, look, you guys are all cheating. So what? <laughs> why, why are you mad? Because he did it better. <laughs> Back to the Ocean Spray guy and the reason it's relevant. Now, the song in the video began trending once again. The drummer, Mick Fleetwood, made a fucking parody of the video, doing mm-hmm. it himself, which got everyone talking. And since then, a whole lot of really shitty people have been doing it. I've seen cops doing it, military personnel. But we don't need to talk about all of that. What, whatever, man. Yeah, yeah, nah, whatever. I'm trying to hijack that shit. But the main story yeah. here, essentially, is that Ocean Spray bought this man a nice fucking truck because yeah. it got him a lot of attention. And apparently Ocean Spray is a pretty decent company, too. The reason why he had... uh 
been skateboarding is because his potato truck had broken down. He didn't have running water at the time, so a lot of people were, were sending his cash app around, trying to raise him some money. I was really hoping that before Ocean Spray stepped in, that you fucking boys and gals from Fleetwood Mac maybe should have floated him a little bit of cash as well. Uh, <laughs> hey, he sent him a card. You don't know what was in the card. You don't know what was in the card. <laughs> That's true. You're right. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, sometimes good things happen. That That's a good bit of good news for your boy. I love it. Yeah, look, look, look out for the helpers, you know? Like, that that was just like a cool thing that the internet did. Where it's just like, yeah, all right, let, let's give him some shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sometimes the internet does it right. I will say he is a man who should not need to, uh, if he is a working man, he should be able to be able to sustain himself with an income that is good enough for that. So, you know, let's work towards a society where that's a thing. You know, that would be nice. It's always a part of a bigger systemic problem. Yeah. Always. Every fucking time. But we gotta get to our album reviews because we done goofed and we gotta make right. Vernon mm. Parks requested yes. a couple albums uh, some time ago. Yeah, he had contacted me about one of them and then you had said like, oh yeah, there was one that he had contacted me about. I was like, oh snap. And then they both just happened to be from the year 2000? The year 2000. So yeah. And so I'm thinking, <laughs> we make thinking, it, you know, thinking. Yeah, the 2020 retrospective. You know what I'm saying on these on these uh, 20 year on. I don't know what the word would be for uh, to describe both of these albums because they are very different albums and doing yeah very different things in very interesting ways. I don't know how to describe this anymore without spoiling either one of them. So let's say we get right into it. <laughs> Yeah, let's start with Mystical's Let's Get Ready. My experience with Mystical outside the hits, non-existent. So this was my first time hearing really anything (laughs) The the hip-hop preacher from the South. (laughs) I was a bit surprised by this album. I didn't dislike it. Like like Hubie Halloween, I didn't dislike it as much as I thought I was going to. There are some really, really great songs on here, but because we gotta get to it first, we gotta talk about the worst ones before we get to the good ones. Because it's still a Master P joint. <laughs> I remember, oh. like, uh, you know, the Stutter remix. Do you remember that song? No. By Joe, that- you know, I can tell you lying because when you're replying, stutter, 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 stutter. Remember that song? Oh, vaguely. Oh, man. It was on the, um, now that's what I call Music 8, which also had gorillas on it, the uh, Clint Eastwood, you know? So it was always like one of my favorite ones to play whenever I was like, you know, doing shit, you know what I mean? Man, I even had that one. I had too many of those, by the way. As someone who, for the longest time, wasn't a big fan of pop music, I had, like, the first 14 Now CDs, so... Wow! Not a big fan, eh? <laughs> I guess not, but also, maybe... You're, uh, as you're just like, only the the, mo- the best, uh, uh, what is it, curated tracks, you know? That's what I'll tolerate. <laughs> I would always skip to, like, the last five songs. That's where all the rock songs, mm-hmm, yeah. I remember. Yeah, Mystical, on, on that verse where you're like, go, 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 quit your line, never watch so. about to buy yourself. tattoos and a platinum mouth. That fucking flow. Yeah, how could you forget, man? And you know what's interesting? That that song was from the Double Take
movie soundtrack. Do you remember that movie? He was all around that. See, I, I think yeah. I just happened. Yeah, I happened to watch his movies. Did you ever watch the movie The New Guy? The most 2001 movie of all fucking time. <laughs> fucking Tony Hawk just comes out of butt fucking nowhere. Just like I'm just skating at this random ass fucking house party. Oh my god, I didn't, I didn't remember that. That's funny. <laughs> and like, I think it'll like Scott Stapp from Creed appears at the end for no Holy fucking fuck. reason. Whatsoever. I wouldn't put it past it. <laughs> it's just like, why is this happening in this film? <laughs> and what? Well, but on the soundtrack at the very beginning, there's a part where he, where DJ Qualls is dancing, you know, like a dumb white guy, you know, whatever. Uh, and they're playing the song "The New Guy" by Mystical, which is sampling a James Brown track. But it's like him rapping over it with his like, you know, very sort of like Southern preacher inflected voice. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a perfect track. And if you listen to it, like as he's rapping, it's like it's actually really fucking good. It's just like I remember listening and be like, "Wow, I I think this song is too good for this movie." <laughs> like what? They get out of the way right <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's all downhill and, from there, and, and it's so embarrassing because this really good song that's sampling this other really cool song is playing over this embarrassing white dude dancing, and the joke is supposed to be, "Oh, isn't it ridiculous that this skinny white boy likes black culture?" Like, ooh, you know, another movie that Eddie Griffin was in actually. <laughs> that look, there's a connection. <laughs> See, we did it. We made it. <laughs> At first, I was gonna say I thought Mystical was more. Uh, of what we refer to as a hook guy. Like, the chorus is where it's at, and the verses aren't that strong. Something I noticed about this movie, that switches gears about halfway through, where all of a sudden the choruses aren't that good, and the verses are a little bit better. The hooks on some of these later songs, I wanted to like the family song for how it's like a more intricate song about like, you know, talking about his family. Then there's a whole verse where he's just saying people's names. And I was just like, I have no connection to this. Whenever rappers just do this, we're just saying people's names. It's like, I, I, I guess you're lucky all these people's names rhyme. But other than that, it's just like, I, I, this, I'm not getting anything from this. But I did like the way he ended it, though, you know, where it's just like, if you're not in your own backyard, watch what neighborhood you're in. Because one of my folk might come up and ask you. And then it hits back to the chorus. I was like, all right, that was, that was kind of cool. Like, where are you from? But then just the, hearing the hook itself, of, I'm from here. Yeah, that that chorus is bad. I'm a fan of just about every hook provided by the Neptunes. Why the fuck couldn't the Neptunes have produced this whole album? It's not fair because they are just the perfect foil for his for his voice. Like they just know what to do. Like just a little boom. Like, it's, it's just enough. And he, he can flow and go off over it. And you hear all these, like, this motherfucker has punchlines on punchlines on flows. Like, I'm telling you guys, like, I, I honestly, honestly, I've never listened to a full album before. It's just from all the tracks I've heard. And I remember always the thing being like, Master P is like a whack rapper. You know, he just, uh, you know, ripped off uh, Tupac, you know what I'm saying, to try to sound like hard, you know, ripped off his sound, but for the South. I remember even like listening to Make Him Say, uh, and like when it gets the mystical part being like wait a minute that was hold on that was a really good verse that was really like complex and then like going on down the train and be like yeah he's making these like big hit songs but it's like ludicrous where it's like it's not just like big fun hits he's actually really lyrical with it you know what i mean and so yeah i maintained for a long time that i was just like no mystical is one of the better mainstream guys because it's like he adds personality into these songs and he adds little like you know just like references to things that are so fun in ways that just makes you go like oh shit yeah i know that reference ah, you silly motherfucker you know what i mean like and there's one of you guys are like you know just saying shit like that's your ass Mr. Postman like just little references like that where it's just like ah I can't help but like the song you know and just the way the like arithmetic way he throws them in there like so you're just like caught off guard perpetually you know 
Um, I didn't really even mind him listing off the people's names because of the way he did it on Family. Like, if I was listening to the full album, I'd probably skip over that one. Like, I mean, again, like not for the sake of the review, because it's not the strongest cut. And I wasn't a big fan of the Beyonce bootleg singing on that one, who on Genius it just listed them as female singer. So I don't even know who that was, unfortunately. But the songs that had the lowest ratings overall for me. Uh, in order in which they appear. First of all, would be the completely unnecessary I Rock, I Roll. Oh my god, what in the fuck? I got to that track and I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, they literally just repeated... Yeah, not even track seven! It's just a remix of the first track, but with a different tempo and, like, samples and elements that, like, are completely distracting and clash and don't work nearly as well as the first song. Like... I would just skip over this one. As soon as I realized it was the same lyrics, I was just like, what the fuck am I doing here? Why am I listening to this again? And even so, like, you put this at the end of the album to be like, oh, hey, look, we, my friend did a little remix, you know, whatever. And even then, I wasn't the biggest fan of the opening track either. Like, it's about mid, it's about middle of the road, not one of the strongest cuts in my opinion. I thought it was a fine intro for, yeah. like, especially when track two is such a better, like, pumped up production. It's like, okay, this is how an album goes. You have the in-house guy, you know, come in and do the first track, and then you get the big hits. But, like... Once you really get a taste for what Neptunes gives you, you're like, exactly. Can't we just stay with them, please? <laughs> and we talk about this ever so often. Smoked out. Oh, I enjoyed Smoked Out. Nah, actually, I enjoyed man. how much it was just kind of like a, you know what? Fuck it. It's a smoke song. Yeah, fine. And the fact that even you know, yeah, smoke songs go, it was fucking whack. I didn't dig I mean, that one. I, it's low-key. I don't think it's like, it's not like throw it on the playlist immediately, but, you know, it's fine. I like the lyrics where he's like, um, uh, I like the instance. We run out of weed? That's senseless, for instance. I'll be round this bitch smoking till I got dentures. Uh, three smoking songs, each who be charged, you know who, who got the credentials. I made it. Four smoking songs. I done got it. So loaded I forgot to count this. I know I'm going to catch a little bit of flack for this one, for context. But the other song I would definitely skip over is Murderer 3. Really? You didn't enjoy that one? No, 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 no. And I think enjoy I the, thought that was the really like word. intense. I feel like it puts you in that emotion in a way that, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes an artist wants to make a song, you know? Like, that's just like, and I feel like it puts you, now, the musical, the musicality that's behind it doesn't service it. What the fuck was that? Service it. It's a complete tonal mess, and I don't know what I'm supposed to think or feel listening to this. I respect him making the song, like, for those who don't know, uh, his sister was murdered in 94, and this even touched on in another track uh, where he talks about it briefly, but it's not an entertaining song. And I think it's a hard subject to make an entertaining song because it's really just like shouting. And I get the anger. I could feel the sentiment of what his words were and like putting you in that moment of anger that he was feeling. You know what I mean? And like sometimes an artist wants to make that song, you know, and it's like it, I, I like that he as a commercial artist was willing to take us to a dark place, you know, and it's just like so many artists don't really take that chance, especially if he could have just kept making the booty club songs. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, huh, like you went for that. And you didn't need to like, you know what I mean? You could have just done another song with Outkast, you know, like speaking about Outkast. Why would you put it between the smoke song and the outcast song? When it comes, if we're talking about the songs we like the least, I gotta say that one was the one I liked the least, and, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it because I'm listening to his flow and I'm just like, 
and this doesn't fit on this beat at all. It's like way too smooth for his his verse. You know what I mean? Like for how he flows over it. Nah, that for me was one of the best tracks. Oh, seriously? I, yeah. I mean, I, I liked like Outcast when they get on it, but him being the first third just feels like what the fuck is it? like he's just not on the beat. Like he feels like a Capadonna type rapper, and it's just like no, you're usually good at like getting this. You know what I mean? I think getting him out of the way first is a good idea. Um. Mm. Than to have Big Boy fucking steal the show. I'm sorry, oh, yes. Andre. Yes, There's yes, no fucking course. comparing. Andre's no, verse does. is okay, but it's no Big Boy <laughs> verse. That was you're right. You're hard. right. Especially over this beat, it was heavenly. Yeah, no, that was perfect. This should have been on a fucking. <laughs> we we should have swapped this out for the problematic fucking Mamacita joint and had this be on a Quimini. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that song got a really high rating. Actually, the highest rating on the album for me. Other songs that got very high ratings were Ain't Gonna See Tomorrow. Oh my god, that one was another one where it was just like, holy shit, when he talks about like the car crash that he'd gotten in with his friend. That was the one where he talks about uh, his sister being abused by her husband also, that was the one I mentioned before. The whole like last verse is about that, and goddamn, it's such a thoughtful track, and it's so goddamn yeah, good. Man. When he's rapping about it, like you actually hear, like he talks about how the car flipped ten times, and you actually hear what sounds like a realistic car crash moving yeah. over, and it's just like holy shit! It just brings you into that dark place, and on the hook where he like legit goes into the like DMX preacher role, and it's just like yeah. holy shit, dude, like. You, oh, oh my God, you got it, man. It's like, you're more than just the shake it. Like, you know how to use your voice and it's incredible to hear. You know what I'm saying? I'd say the difference between Murderer 3 and Ain't Gonna See Tomorrow is the difference between a song like Kim mm. and 97 Bonnie and Clyde. They're essentially the same thing, but one is way better of a song than the other one. One's more, yeah. I get what you're trying to say. Another track I gave a really high rating to is goddamn big titty bitches catching mystical fever. <laughs> what the fuck, for, man? For a fucking hook like that, the lyrics Yo. were just insane. <laughs> big titty bitches catching, big titty bitches catching mystical fever. <laughs> fucking mystical fever. Fuck me. That's such a great tune. And and I gotta give it to Danger. Been so long, featuring Nivea. Compared to Shake your ass, which for me, I wasn't the biggest fan of that one. I think it's interesting how, again, like, Neptune's still doing, like, little weird things, <laughs> like, having the hook, like, Mystical does the hook, and then just a breakdown happens in the middle of that, and then they it just goes back to the hook again. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, you're not allowed to do that, but but it works, and it's still so cool. <laughs> Fucking Danger has, and I had to quote this, because goddamn, the pussy cutter, did I stutter, the heart flutter, oh. make a woman draws, melt like butter, <laughs> down like Nelly, I'm hype like belly, the rhyme seller, kick ass like Jim Kelly, stand Ooh. up, round out, boot up and frown, tell him if you want to try, then bitch, come on down, come no sweat, no blood, no tears, <laughs> if, <laughs> and if I tell you that it's shit, then bitch, that's, bitch, what, that's it what it is. is. <laughs> Yes, okay. sir. Okay. Dude. <laughs> oh, that fucking lyric. He's just like, shut Like you pulled me out of the piss. Shut Bad. Like that student in the principal office. But rappers and coffins, they died like dolphins. I'm the li- the dentist living come off and you don't go cross off it. I was like, shit. <laughs> Another tune I had to quote on this one, which also had a pretty high rating, was again, produced by the fucking Neptunes, Jump. Uh, yes, another he, fun one. 
You get tackled by the style I'm using. I got all the adversaries cruising for a bruising with contusions, cuts Ooh. and lacerations, broken bones and open sores, ripped spleens, sprained ankles and broken nose. I'm gonna bust the microphones I rip on. I step on stage and get my grip on. That's when you get stiffed arm. It's on and I'm the shit, Holmes. I fucked around and lost counts of bitches I put the dick on. <laughs> so like, goddamn, goddamn like the same I the same quote I put down there. <laughs> when he fucking starts rolling. Oh when my he God. gets to that momentum, there's no stopping him. <laughs> and I, I even quoted a later where he's just like, Nick, you just like 10 yards, always the first down. <laughs> I was like, God yes. damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus. Oh so many goddamn memorable quotables in this like, goddamn album. It was a so straight good. up football themed rap song. Like as I was listening to it, I was like, oh, he's actually like using a bunch of different shit. I was like, holy shit. Come see about me. Yeah. With goddamn Debrat. Debrat. Yo, I need to throw that Funkify back on. God damn. <laughs> I fucking forgot. Excuse me. <laughs> I really hate to say that fucking PD Pablo drops the ball. Because the brat really elevates the track, and then Petey oh, just man, fumbles Petey. it. Oh, just the most average man ass rapper you've ever heard in your life. Like yeah. he's just the southern version of Obi Trice, you know? Like, well, look, I, I'm here. Yeah, I'm pretty cool too, right? And it's just like, ah, no, we'll we'll hit you up when you have the hit songs. But uh, we, I don't think your services are required for for lyrical dexterity. I don't, I don't think so. Although oddly enough, the, like the ending track that he did, kind of was interesting it was like a bonus track with you know when masterpiece try to you know cross promote them oh uh, yeah and i was just like it, when i heard it starting i was like oh my fucking god seriously it was like bonus material please buy this uh you know <laughs> life of a sinner value one or whatever the hell it's called um and uh, diary of a sinner yeah that's the name of the album and then you hear it and it's like it actually kind of like He's able to do the the sort of gruff preacher voice a little better on that track. Mm. I'm like, huh, that actually kind of works here. Okay. <laughs> like, I get what your appeal might be. But yeah, on this track, nah. It was just like, and fucking Mystical gets like two verses as if to fucking apologize for what yeah. Beanie Pablo did. <laughs> I, I had like, to quote <laughs> this because I, ha I couldn't disagree more with this bit. Here go three of the best on this goddamn track, and you can believe that. Willing to bet my jive check. If you don't rewind this back, something wrong with deck. No, I don't think there's anything uh, wrong with my deck, Petey. Way to take this fucking song, by the way. Is working very well. Yep, no, I'm checking it right now. I got the head cleaner in there, making sure the fucking the, the wheels are going just fine. And then just fucking uh, Mexico comes in. Such a bunch of fucking cowards. Ain't worth the dirt to come on my ass and go down the drain as I take my shells. <laughs> and then he says that little thing at the end. I'm the Southern Cowboy. Howdy! Oh, yeah. How did he make that cool? The interjections. <laughs> fuck, man. The personality he brings on these is so good. Oh, my God. Even Big Truck Boys, which is one of, one of the ones like that was a little less cool to it's me. It's kind like, of filler, yeah. Yeah, but just like the way the uh, chorus happened, and like I couldn't hear what he was saying at first, so I thought he was saying, Buckle up, boy, big old fuck boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that, I was able to enjoy it on that level, just like, what is he just like angry at the guy thinking that was? <laughs> I thought um, it could have been a filler track also, but I think the verses are pretty strong on the braids. 
I wasn't a fan of the chorus. Yeah, exactly. I remember listening, like, as I was listening back to it again, I was just like, oh, yeah, here's the braids with that weird chorus. Like, you can't fuck with the braids. It's like, I don't think that's the most notable thing about you. <laughs> he brings you know? it up a few times, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess that was like, you know, that's just one of the things that just became one of his uh, monographs. Versus, like, nah, I would go the gruff voice. That would definitely be first. You're the uh, only fucking <laughs> rapper on the scene with braids in 2000? I doubt yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but the verses were, like, oddly really good. I was like, oh, oh, well, okay, never mind. Overall, what did you get for this album? I actually gave this one a four and a half out of five. I got a three and a half. I enjoyed the shit out of so much. Like, even more than even I was expecting. Like, it got deeper into his life than I was expecting. In a way, it was just like, whoa, like, I, like, I already had respect for this motherfucker, and I just got more, you know what I mean? Like, that's such a great feeling, you know? There were some really great tunes that I wasn't expecting, but there, there, there were way too many, like, kind of middle-of-the-road filler it's tracks. It's a Master P album. There's going to be those fillers, you know? Yeah. Some just I just thought were kind of, meh. Also, they kind of yeah. brought it down, unfortunately. We got to talk about Head P.E. Broke. Oh, man. Your boy's Head P.E. Um, I got paid to review another one of their albums a few years ago. And uh, I hated it. Fact. It's really fucking bad. <laughs> it's really homophobic for no goddamn reason. Um, Jared, the lead singer of the group, mm-hmm. is insufferable on that album. And I gotta say, it's not much different carry here. Over. Ooh, then let's fucking get into it, this my friend. This is really bad. Oh, this is fucking atrocious. I couldn't fucking believe it. I had just gained a newfound respect for new metal this year. You know, I was I had to do a review for a fucking, um, what was that track? Uh, Remember the Name? And so I was like, you know, I wanted to listen back to some of the Linkin Park stuff. And I was like, yo, hey, man, this stuff really was like a lot better than, you know, I feel like a lot of people gave it credit for just because it was mixing with hip-hop and shit like that you know what i'm saying when they came around they raised the bar because Mm -hmm. by this point in 2000 this album is the bottom of the new metal barrel i can we are scraping even limp biscuit Ooh, i'm so tempted (laughs) dude that's what this feels like is knock off limp biscuit absolutely it feels like it feels like knock off limp biscuit that thinks it's as cool as rage against the machine you know what i'm saying because every now and then he tries to go for some hardcore shit and it's just like what no you no, the fuck you are not that guy what the fuck are you doing you know like i think about it like yo i remember like corn fucking corn has been in this yeah okay oh this yeah, is what well, i was thinking definitely. about as i listened to this album New metal works. Uh, there was a song I was listening to. What was it? That fucking those asshole trapped. Uh, uh, the song was like, headstrong. I thank you, one yep. headstrong. I thank you. You know, it's really vague and fucking stupid, but at least it mm. gives you like how new metal kind of functions as as like what how it can work. You know, yeah. like new. I think new metal works when it sounds like it's embodying a sense of justified rage. You know what I'm saying? And that's a very milk toast version of that. But I feel like it, it, you know I could throw you a system of a down. Rage Against the Machine. You know what I'm saying? Like, even fucking Korn was, like, angry at their mom and shit. My big problem with early to mid-2000s angry white boy shit, and I mentioned it before, is when they're just mad at what what seems to be nothing at all. Like, what the fuck do you white boys got to be mad about exactly? It's like, I'm listening to this, he starts using the N-word, I'm like, oh, this is a black guy, and wow, 
Yeah, I definitely feel like this should be a little bit more interesting just as a musical mashup, but no, they're just going for, like, the cheapest, like, the fact that they use I just want to celebrate on this new metal album, man, did that just raise my fucking eyebrows. I was just like, uh, okay, not what I would have gone for. (laughs) And you know, that track, because it's slightly different and catchier than the rest, is the only song I even remotely enjoyed. Honestly, just because it just, like, it has gives you that odd moment of, like, where the fuck? Okay, Why I guess are you we're doing here that? now. Yeah, like, if, if this part was on another song, this would be so enjoyable. But, oh my god. Dude, I was expecting corn. I was expecting yeah. the type of, like, okay, this is gonna be immature. But if you listen, maybe he's talking about something that's kind of important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, no! What's going on? Why is it so bad? The first two tracks like are called Killing Time and Waiting to Die. And oh boy, do these songs embody the sense of just nothingness that these titles are. Just like, don't actually mean anything but sound like they're dark and brooding. Waiting to die. Killing time when really it's just fucking sitting around just listening to this nonsense. Baby, I'm a survivor. Baby, I'm on fire. Baby, I'm about to creep up inside you. Getting high all day, drinking whiskey all night, flipping off the police when them tricks pass by. Whoa, 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 whoa. Immediately, I was like, this is like Limp Biscuit if he was like pretending to be deep. Like, at least Limp Biscuit doesn't act like he's not just like angry because his ex fucked some other guy or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and tried to give him a cookie or whatever the fuck dumb that shit that song's about. But, uh, look me in the eyes, baby, ride with me. I can take it there, baby, ride with me. I know what you want, where you live, what you need. I can make it real, hold it down for you, feel you bleed. Who are you talking to? <laughs> like, what's this song about? It's so, like, edgy for the sake of edgy to sort of lyrics that clearly don't fucking mean anything. You know what I mean? I was completely unfamiliar, or at least I'd forgotten, uh, Jared or Gerard or Gerard's uh, nationality. So when I had when I first heard him dropping N-bombs, I was like, uh, and then to find out he was... I was thinking, like, oh, are we on some 311 shit? <laughs> What's going on? And then to find out he's of Afro-Brazilian descent, it's like, okay. okay. <laughs> I've got, got a very interesting quote for you, okay? In a review of this album when it first came out in 2000. And by the way, when this album dropped in 2000, a lot of people reviewed it very favorably. So maybe this just hasn't aged oh particularly well. Uh, I get, maybe, like, you know, it fits in with the time, I guess. I you think know? that's the thing. It's, it's, it really it's does sound like... Dated. So- the thing is, it sounds like if someone today made an album that was riffing on the ridiculous lyrics of those types of albums, it really does sound like a parody at some level. You know, it's so, like, ridiculously dumb and edgy tryhard, you know? I think you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, the reviewer said this album was, quote, about as black as this pimp rock is gonna get. Hip-hop, <laughs> credible in a way... No one in the field has been since <clears throat> Urban Dance Squad. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, That's man, I am not quote. one to say that someone should lose credibility. <laughs> but if you think Urban Dance Squad <laughs> is repping for the culture, get all the fucking way out of here. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. It's a great album. 
I don't know <laughs> about that. No, sir. No, sirree. No, sirree. And I say that as someone who has listened to this new metal and it's like, I can see the flavors of it where it's like, mm, this stuff is actually a little better. This stuff, yeah, it may be weird, but it's trying to say so. This is nothing. Jared's terrible, but I got to talk about something that straight up disappointed me. Two tracks in a row, we have some features by some pretty big fucking names, okay? Waiting to Die features East Bay Ray, the guitarist from Dead Kennedys. Now, if you've listened to Dead Kennedys, they have a pretty pretty particular uh, sound, a very legendary punk sound that is not here. I don't know why you would even get East Bay Ray when all he's going to do is do some knockoff corn riffs. I don't know. He didn't add anything noticeable to that cut. And talking about wasted potential, Surge could not even save Feel Good. Oh, man. What the fuck was he doing here? Oh, although he was the best part of it. Like, right? <laughs> By proxy. <Yeah>. Purely. <laughs> even then, it's the w- it might be the worst verse I've ever heard from him. Feel good. Nah. <laughs> Fucking hell, Imagine man. him singing this lyric with the dead-eyed face that he has now, you know? Oh, no. We just want to feel good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Fucking. Oh, man. And I saw, I looked up, it's like, they tried to call this G-Punk? I was like, oh, my God. Where's the punk? Where's the funk? Where's the. <laughs> barely sounds like a G. What the fuck? <laughs> this is the most fucking lukewarm new metal shit. And to even argue that it's anything more than that, no fucking <sighs> way. I'm not, I'm not, I can't stand for that. That's, yeah. that's ridiculous. Oh my god, fucking waiting to- Everybody dies! Everybody dies! Shut up! It's so immature! You know? Like, and then- What, what was the fucking lyric? Uh, I'll bust your lip! Keep talking shit! Guard your grill! A killer will fire at will! Get out of here! There was like one lyric where he's like, I fucked the system that first fucked me! I questioned the authority to kill a minority! That was like one little lyric that was like a reference to fuck the police. And maybe there's like one or two weirdly religious illusions that happen later but it's just like everything oh fucking bartender jesus christ i just scrolled down and saw it i can't believe we haven't talked about this yet how in the hell is this the lead single holy christ it's this it's the only remotely catchy song in the whole album what else are you gonna go with i got you pac bell stevie at least it represents what they actually sound like pop bell had an interesting sort of you know where they were using the 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 dialing of the number in the as they were mixing it up i thought that was a cool it was sound. something different, but that exactly. was that was the first song on there where I just said, "Nah, skip. I'm not fucking with this because <laughs> it's so goddamn uh, off-putting." When you know, he puts on the cool guy voice, "Hey, but it hit me with a double and introduced me to the girl with the bubble." No, Stop. I'm looking for trouble tonight. No, Mama, don't trust me tonight. Ew. What? <laughs> like, why would you? Why would you say that? <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Take it to the bedroom. Take it to the streets. Take it like a man, motherfucker. Yo, bitch, shows me, motherfucker. And it's like, 
Oh, like in a normal rap song, a lyric like this might be passably cool. You know, you're just here for the beat and when the hook comes back. But like purely outside of that, this just sounds like douchebag rock. Like, yeah, yeah that's where I first like wrote that down. Like without that, without like the cool beat underneath it. Because like with this sort of sound, I'm supposed to be feeling what you're saying. You're supposed to be putting in me in the moment. And in the moment it's, oh yeah, I fucked your bitch. It's like, uh, it doesn't work on a new metal track, homie. You just sound like a fucking douchebag. I was able to talk tolerate his more singing delivery on The Meadow, the last track. It overstated its welcome by two minutes in, and then it just repeats like crazy. Uh, and then I have written down, there's no way the song is actually nine minutes. There, there have to be bonus tracks. Oh, we'll talk about the bonus tracks. We'll talk about that in a second. Because <laughs> I got something to say. <laughs> Were you not entertained by the <laughs> vocal outtakes? Oh, Oh god, you know what? Oh, if you just man, want to talk about it, let's, let's just fucking talk about it. Because as I'm listening to this out again, didn't know these guys from Adam, right? Yeah. So I'm just like listening and I'm just like, okay, you know, this is awkward, whatever. And then I'm listening to the ending where it's like, it's just so put on its face how much of a fucking pose this whole thing is. Yeah. You know? And that's one guy a good in point. The- one guy in the background says like, yeah, do, do the fake brother voice, do the fake brother voice. And I'm like, and at first I want to give him the benefit of a doubt. I'm like, oh, is it like a specific character they're going for? But nope, the next thing you hear is the lead singer putting on this affected black guy voice. Oh, it was so fucking awkward. I was just like, oh, oh, oh. It's like straight up. I don't know if we can call this musical blackface if he's a black dude, but yeah. this motherfucker definitely man tan Marlin in this shit <laughs> putting on the fucking gloves. <laughs> I sent you a link uh, in your Twitter DMs. By the uh, way, I sent I sent you a video. You 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 might want to take a look at real quick. Uh, skip to actually. Hold on, where is it? Skip to about four and a half minutes. You were really about to make me watch for it. <laughs> Oh, he's dancing. He's getting down. Hey, Darren. Yeah? That's Jared. What? That's Jared? That's the guy from Head P.E. Yeah. In 88, in a different band. Yeah, that's him. Okay, so how old is this guy, first of all? Uh, at at the time of the album that we reviewed, that was a few years after this, he was about 40, so he was probably in his 30s at this point. Wow. (laughs) That is interesting. (laughs) That's certainly unexpected. (laughs) Who is this guy? (laughs) This fucking borderline trying to be prince in the time, motherfucker. What's going on here? I'm super impressed by his fucking dance moves, by the way. I'm not even gonna front. And this song is catchy as hell. I do dig it. I'm impressed by the variation. (laughs) Certainly. The switch from the clue to this little, just what you said, put on that he's doing on this fucking album, it's so disingenuous. That's what I'm saying. Like, and I get having fun. I get having fun making a track, but this feels like a, this feels kind of insulting, honestly. Like, oh my God, what was that fucking Stevie track? That got a zero for me. Absolutely. Yeah, what the fuck was the hook? Come on, I'm no deaf or dumb. I'm not little Stevie Wonder, whatever. No Uh. more lies. I'm like, He's not deaf or dumb. 
that's literally the two, the two senses that he does have. He's he's blind and he actually can't smell, which is a weird one. Is that uh, true? Yeah, that yeah, in a that. car accident where there was like a fire, I think. Uh, oh Jesus! Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so you literally got like the exact wrong senses. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> and, oh my god, that fucking really that really settles it. That really brings it all together. Just knowing how much, just how much of a fucking pose this is, and it's and it's insane because like there's some level of like parts where it's just like, oh, that's kind of interesting. This one she tries like, oh, that, yeah, that kind of sounds like you know what corn was going for, you know, like type of corn track you know what i mean if there was something anything actually happening in these lyrics like i said if it wasn't this fucking lmfao lyric writing motherfucker <laughs> at the helm just on the title alone boom how you like that <laughs> i smoke weed i drink wine take your daughter to my tour bus and fuck her from behind that was the lyric i'm like what the fuck is this and then the next lyric is like it's gotta be like that call me a loser yo i can deal with that and he's saying like this fucking sub insane clown posse rhyming going on here but just the fact that he goes like uh, oh call me a loser I can deal with that I'm sorry didn't you just say I'm smoking weed and drinking wine and fucking your daughter on the tour bus what loser is that <laughs> like it's so, like it so wants to be the re- rebellious shit but he knows he has no real fucking problems you know what I'm saying and so it's so fucking annoying like I can't even enjoy it on the level of like fun douchebag rock where it's just like I can get behind it because like I'm, I'm pushing through ready or not it's just like ugh this show just sounds gross like I said I'm getting the fucking oozing douchies and then we got Swan Dive where they were doing at least like that was the one where they, they were the most doing the 311 pretending to be reggae shit at the beginning you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> but like I, and when I was thinking about it I was like I at least enjoyed the imagery of the hook well not necessarily enjoyed like it's so unnecessarily ghoulish in relation to the song you know what I mean like it, it's so just trying to get that visceral reaction out of you but like on a certain level it's like at least it is getting that at least I'm getting you know like the most annoying thing is boredom like I'm at least it's at least getting something out of me like ugh swan diving into the asphalt ugh the fact that you just said that but then when you listen to the lyrics he's just like oh I watch too much TV and, and I eat too much food it's like what? It's like it's such a basic bitch version of the Ooh, I'm filled with eggs, so I'm gonna kill myself. Notice me, mom, and girls who won't talk to me at school. Like what's so funny about that is the only note I have for Swan Dive was I'm so bored. <laughs> Where are the angels? Nowhere! Where's the compassion? Nowhere! Like, throughout so much of this album, I was just sitting there with my chin (laughs) resting on my hand, like, can something please happen? Oh, we're already, like, nine tracks in, this is almost over? Alright, we're not gonna get anything. It's so fucking badass, braggadocio, machismo bullshit, and we know it's all bullshit. We know it's such a fucking put-on. It's so hollow. It's Kid Rock wannabe, corn wannabe, Limp Bizkit wannabe. clown posse wannabe. (laughs) And it falls short on every single one of those fronts. Right? (laughs) We found the worst in Insane Clown Posse band, bro. (laughs) I swear to God. 
We didn't even mention, by the way, that they did the interpolation of I Just Want to Celebrate on Bartender, and then on the very next song, Crazy Legs, they did an interpolation of a Biggie song. Like, they couldn't yeah, spread these out at all. It was so weird that that was, like, right... Just, just a one-two combo of, uh, oh, now we're doing this? <laughs> it makes you think, like, oh, was there something on the previous three songs that I missed? Did you, Do you do this on every cut? What happened? And you know what it is? Like, I was thinking about, like, with that mystical album that we, that we just talked about, like... I was thinking as I'm listening to these beats, I'm like, wow, I wish Mystical was rapping over this. Wouldn't this sound so chaotic and insane if this like crunchy shit was happening with a mystical like preacher type rapper who's actually saying some cool shit? You know what I mean? Like, wow, we were really at a fucking disservice. Like, imagine if someone just like remix albumed the last album we just heard with this, you know, and took off that extra track, you know, <laughs> that just repeats itself. Pimp rock, G, G punk, what? Get out of my no. face. Who are the critics? Who are the critics? This is why we needed diversity right here. These people always complain about, oh, you're trying to force diversity. This is why we needed so people, people who are actually black and brown can see them and be like, what the fuck y'all talking about? Now that shit, what? What, what you say? <laughs> what the fuck did that guy just say? No, that's stupid. <laughs> Pimp what? <laughs> Maybe some UGK or some shit. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh my God. And then fucking Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, that was a snooze fest. What oh in my the God. fuck is this doing here? Yeah. 20,000 leagues deep on the mic. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mass murder, court convicted, terroristic creature of the night. No, don't let me get freaky tonight. No, don't feed me tonight. What, what are you doing? <laughs> this fucking voice you're doing is phenomenal. I love it. I'm here the, for it. It's like he's doing these voices, but they're on the wrong songs, it feels like. Mm. You know, like it feels like this weird voice should have been on the earlier track with like a more, you know, uh, cr- creepier thing happening. You know, like it feels like these are in the wrong place places you know what i mean yeah oh man i got a one how about you uh fucking one and a half yeah yeah the musicality and you know swan dive into the yes ball like i can see that coming on you know in the 2000s and if i'm a stupid 12 year old you know just head banging to that shit you know what i'm saying because it sounds intense like i can imagine on some level listening like it, that's what it is like i could imagine being a high schooler listening to it but even then i would still be like wait what Wait, what? Like, like this would be one of those songs, like, like I would be a fan of it, but then immediately start hearing what's wrong with it. You know what I mean? Like, this would be the immediate problematic fave. Like, that's the best I could see this being. You know, like, hey, maybe you heard a single, you really liked the way they sampled. You, you thought it was really challenging the way they sampled the Notorious B.I.G. for a new metal track. So you thought you'd give him a chance. You know what I mean? And you got the album and you're like, well, sunk cost fallacy. Okay, I guess I like this. And then you're like, wait, is he talking about fucking my daughter? Like, what the fuck? Who is this fucking for, honestly? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the fuck at the end. I at least got enjoy- enjoyment out of the end, like, in ironic enjoyment out of the end of him just, like, after a while of just the continued takes. Where, like, again, again, if you just frame it in the sense of, like, well, what I thought was a 40-year-old in 2020, but I guess a 40-year-old in 2000, uh, doing a joke of new metal, and at the end, you know, this is the fucking, um, what was that fucking uh, movie, uh, you know, the, the metal band from the 80s that was like a joke uh, album. Um, Spinal Tap? Yeah. Spinal Tap, exactly. <laughs> if this was like a new metal version of that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're doing the end of the, everybody go? <laughs> you know, like, I could see enjoying it purely on that silly, ridiculous level, but anything outside of that, 
I, I don't know who the fuck. I'm sorry, man. I can't. I can't rock with this shit. As I mentioned earlier, these albums were requested by listeners, and if you would like to request an album uh, to be reviewed on the show, also it is so so easy. Head on over to our Kofi. That is k o f i dot com slash going off. That's g o i n o f f. Uh, for the time being, until we get the queue down a little bit, because we've got like thirty albums lined up. It's sixty dollars. For an album review and 70. Well, no, we will be getting to it. <laughs> and 70 for an album that you uh, made, produced, wrote, whatever yourself. Um, if you want our honest opinion on your work, step right up to the plate. We'll be completely mm-hmm. honest as we have been in the past, brutally if need be. Uh, like I said, that is 70. We got a link trees in the description so you can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, what have you. Uh, our our individual YouTubes, Patreon, Kofi's, all the different ways you can help us, follow us, know what we're doing, uh, keep tabs on the goings-on, never miss a beat. If this just happens to be your first time listening to us, all the rolled episodes are on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Spotify, so you can play some catch-up, listen to some episodes you might have missed, uh, scroll through, maybe an album will jump out at you like, oh, I want to hear what they had to say about that one, and, you know, click that one, that's always a good place to start. And that's really about it. Honestly, I um, think that about wraps it up. So until next time, for Going Off, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And to give you the best example of Head P.E.'s lyrical content, 10 million hungry, yeah, eat the rich, but pay me, motherfucker. Oof. <laughs> yeah, uh, doesn't, that, uh. doesn't that lyric hit nice, especially today? Oh, God, I forgot all about that one. Oh, no. You piece of shit.